I believe I am on. I believe I am live. Good afternoon, good early evening to you and yours. Chappelle B. Dowd here. Um, and one to add a couple thoughts, uh, a couple um, observations over a couple different subjects. The first one is if you follow us on Twitter, um, I watched one of the vignettes that paid homage to Larry Clisby from two years ago um, after he was diagnosed with cancer, um, kind of his fight back to courtside. And um, uh, Max asked the question right away, do you know if they're going to have services for Cliz? I would very much assume so, Max. Um, I think they're going to. And I'm going to talk about my thoughts about that guy uh, right now. Um, so I grew up, like many of you, because Clisby's Clisby was on the air for so long. Um, I'm 45. I grew up with Clisby as the soundtrack of some of my favorite moments, some of my least favorite moments too. Um, some things that um, you might not know if you're a little bit younger than me. One of them is that Clisby used to do football. Uh, used to be be the voice of Purdue football as well. Um, and, uh, and he was actually, I think he was fired by Joe Tiller. Um, I believe he was. Some older guys than me maybe can correct me, but I think he was fired by Tiller. And the story I've heard is that he was a little too negative. And my brothers and I used to always impersonate Cliz to one another. We'd say, well, Steve Reed, they've done it again. Looks like they've dug themselves such a hole that I don't know. I don't know if they're going to get this figured out this season. You know, like, he was pretty negative at times. I think a lot of, I think some people see the home guy as a bit of a, you know, a homer, right? A guy who is, um, you know, so much in the pocket of the home team that he sees no, um, he sees no bad from his squad. And I think it's different with, it was different with Clisby. I think Clisby was more like he was so much into it that it just tore him up um, when, when his team wasn't doing well and he was beside himself, like let down like a, uh, an uncle, uh, disappointed, you know, like a parent when they couldn't do it. And I think Joe Tiller wanted a little positivity injected into the program when he came in. And so, um, that's why, um, uh, Joe McConnell, of course, did, uh, football play by play. Um, both McConnell, who's also passed away now and Clisby, um, spoiled the hell out of the Purdue fan base. Let's be real honest. And I said this to a, a pal of mine, whether it's Clisby or Don Fisher or Joe McConnell, uh, the state of Indiana um, was just, just spoiled rotten by these guys who are legends. I'm not saying anything against uh, Newton and Blackman specifically, but it's tough to follow a legend. legend. Um, I mean, those guys, they're... They were, uh, Fisher is still great, but Clisby was great. And their voices are so strong and so easy to spot, right? If ESPN played a highlight with Clisby over the top of it, I think it, it warms the cockles of a, of a Purdue, uh, Purdue fan's heart, right? Um, because you know that voice, right? And, uh, like Jay posted on Twitter the other day, he just put the little bullseye symbol, uh, bullseye, um, was so fun. And one thing I remember back when I was in college, when Glenn Robinson was there, Clisby called uh, Glenn Robinson something. I think I don't think anybody else did. He called him Robbie. 
Um, swings it over to Robbie. Robbie from Deep Bullseye! And he gets so excited. It was so much fun. And if you watch that BTN vignette like I did, uh, you heard the stories about him being the first person on the bus. And you've probably heard the stories about him giving everybody a hard time. Every time everybody would get on the bus, he would he would make fun of them. And he had nicknames. And, um, you know, it was, it was family. And the story about Painter giving him uh, the money to help with the chemo treatment, um, it shows that family, shows how much a part Clisby was. I would be very much lying and disingenuine with you if I was telling you that hearing about him dying didn't affect me. Um, it affected me more than I thought it would, honestly, because <clears throat> he's been dying for a while and he had separated himself and had to go to Florida in his final chapter there. But I, it made me weep, honestly. Uh, it made me very sad. Um, and uh, he's he's missed already. Um, and uh, Blackman and um, and Buckets, they've got a hard hard act to follow. Uh, but I like Rob Blackman. He's a very good guy. And um, Tim Newton already pretty well seated over there for in the fo- on the football side of things. But following a legend and getting in the wake of a guy who was so damn good. His job is difficult. Um, that's very difficult. Um, but uh, if you're a person of faith, uh, you can pray for Clisby's family. And um, and uh, I know I am and will be. And a uh, big loss. It's tough to follow that story with anything else, honestly. But um, I wanted to give a couple more thoughts. First off, speaking of Purdue basketball, uh, Saturday was a complete game for our Boilers. I think something that I've been asking for all season um was an end-to-end game, and we really haven't seen many. My my son reminded me, I always thought Valpo was, it was such a dominant second half, but it was actually pretty close. In my mind, it felt different. Um, it was it was still in contention at the end of the game. Uh, the uh, Oakland game, I think, uh, was the game that Purdue just start to finish just controlled them. Penn State was similar. I think um, uh, IU, they played a pretty solid game, but this Penn State game was kind of another level because Penn State's not a bad team. Uh, their record's not great, but they're not a bad team. And, um, uh, Purdue really, really kind of flexed their muscle on this team and showed how good they are. Um, one thing that we keep talking about, everybody keeps talking about if you're a Purdue fan, of course, is the, um, the development of Jaden Ivey. It's exciting. It's fun. It's incredible. His shot blocks, <laughs> Uh, he's, he's, uh, the one where he chased, uh, the, the guy down from behind after he made the turnover where he made up for it. He, if you watch it, go back and watch that, um, the, uh, the play again, he starts timing out the block at, at half court. He, he slows his cadence and then he goes up and he, and he, uh, times it. Um, it's easy for me to say that's reminiscent of LeBron James cause he did it on the big stage, right? James did it and. Uh, in the championship a couple times. Um, and I'm not saying Jaden Ivey's LeBron James. I'm saying that play is very hard to do and you have to be a great athlete to do it. And we've seen other Purdue players make the block from behind on the fast break. But the manner at which he did it was awesome. His other block may have been more, uh, yeah, he had four blocks, but one of the other blocks in the lane, the Penn State players coming left to right and he just kind of pops out of nowhere and he, he gets up so quickly. Um, the elite explosiveness is one of the things that's so exciting to watch about Ivy, obviously. Um, and, uh, a lot of people are saying he's one of the most explosive players they've ever seen in a Purdue uniform. I'm not going to disagree at all. Um, but, uh, also he's just that he's got so much, uh, upside from where he stands right now, just so much upside. And he's already putting things together. If you don't see it, like in that game, I don't think he ended up 
on the floor painfully one time, which is a big step forward, right? For many, many games in a row, he was going to the rack and he'd fall on his side or his wrist or his shoulder. And you're just like, ah, don't like to see it. This game, he looked like he was really under control and really much more fluid. Um, and maybe that's something of him figuring out his role in space and feeling more comfortable. I don't know what it is, um, but it's good to see. Also, Sash playing the level of basketball that he can. Uh, he's very capable of playing. Um, shows that he's back at that four minutes uh, in the previous game. It was not just a fluke. It was, okay, Sasha's here. Um, and him starting, I think, was a nice shot in the arm. Travion continues to be very solid. Um, it just, the team looks to be gelling at the right time, which is super exciting. As you know, if you've been coming to the site for a while, the um, the BS composite ranking um, is something I've been doing for a couple of years. I'll take the computer polls, add them in with the human polls. I generally don't do this unless there is human poll to talk about. So if Purdue's not ranked, I don't do it. But I will talk about a composite ranking just um, from time to time. But I think it's a pretty good focus because it really shows you where a team is. It's one thing for just humans to say something. It's quite another for computers and humans to kind of agree. If you look at the RPI, their 30th ESPN Power, which I believe is a computer poll as well. Their 23rd, Coaches 23rd, AP 23rd, Net 21, Sagarin 16, Ken Palm 14. Um, and the composite ranking is 18.14. I said last time I talked to you guys towards the end of last week that I thought Purdue was right around a 20 uh, overall seed for the NCAA tournament. I think they stand there. This is a good indicator of how good this team is, where they've come from, where they're going. Um, and uh, I think the NCAA t tournament has the potential to be just a, a barrel of fun. Uh, we're, I think we can have just... Uh, an amazingly fun time because there shouldn't be any pressure on our Boilermakers because really nobody thought they'd be here at this point. And stressing that idea to a team that's young and say, guys, there's upside here. Play loose, play your game, and uh, big things can happen. A lot of fun, um, and I can't stress this enough how far ahead of schedule I think this team is, how quickly everything came together. Super exciting. Um, so the NCAA tournament, though, Every time I see a, a news of a conference tournament, it makes me giddy because I know the real thing is coming. And I don't love all the conference tournaments. I don't love the Big Ten tournament, but I love um, the other ones actually more than that. I love. I used to love the old Big East tournament. It's a little different now, of course. On to football, I wanted to talk a little bit about Jeff Brom, what he, is, um, uh, what he said in his presser after the scrimmage on Saturday. Um, And uh, sorry, and uh, Jeff Brom had just a couple thoughts after practice on Saturday. One thing I keep hearing, the theme I keep hearing over and over, is that um, this team's going to be very, very aggressive. And that's good to hear and good to see, especially on the defensive side of the ball. He talks about putting guys in position to make plays in space, guys in the position to react and, uh, and go do things. And he's talking a lot about Jalen Graham. It's good to hear because Jalen Graham's one of those guys that I think has just a tremendous upside. Um, quarterback battle continues to rage, if you will. Uh, it sounds like guys are playing well. The only downside I heard, the only thing out of the presser that, that Brom really was willing to admit or wanted to talk about was that the kicking game struggled mightily, and he said the field goal kicking unit struggled specifically. It's bad to hear, um, but there's plenty of time, so that's good. That's good news. So I wish I had more information on the football uh, practice updates, just like you do, but... This is about all I have to report. 
Well, thanks for tuning in um, on this Monday, March 1st. It is March. It is officially March. You can celebrate just that in itself. I can, and I will. Uh, hope you and your family have a great evening together. And if you're watching this tomorrow, hope you have a great day together. Great uh, um, work day, however you watch it. How Newbert always says how you consume our materials. That's his thing. I'm not going to say that. But I will say, thanks for being here. Have a great evening. Hammer down. God bless you, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.